fellowship of faith. And those of you who are here checking this thing out today, let me explain this to you. And I want you to listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not here because they don't have anything better to do on a Sunday morning. They're not here because they think that in some measure by doing this, they get in the good graces of God. And I tell you, they're not singing their guts out because they're drunk. I mean, maybe one of them is. <laughs> Guys, what this is about and, and, and what is happening here today is in fulfillment of what the prophet Joel spoke so long ago. Here is what he has to say. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, even the slaves among us, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What these people are doing here today is nothing short of what Joel had to say. People who have met and experienced and been filled with the Spirit of God, and for them, it changes everything. It is nothing short than the manifestation of what Joel says is the last days. Guys, when Jesus came to earth and walked among us, and he's going and he's doing all these miracles. Do you think these were just kind gestures? Guys, that was nothing short of God's forward advance. Guys, that is nothing short of God breaking in. It was nothing short of God proving that he is faithful and coming to this messed up world to right all wrongs, to restore and renew and bring justice again. Jesus' coming is nothing short than the inbreaking of the last day, and it ain't over yet. God's Spirit has been poured out, and for centuries, people have been speaking in the languages of people who are far from God and don't know God and those who are near God and don't care and speaking in languages and ways that they just might hear that God has come and it's upon us. And it was Jesus who came, accredited to us by, by miracles and power. And we strung them up. Have you ever been given? I mean, just like a gift that surpasses all gifts. 
And I'm not talking about something wrapped in paper and under a tree. I'm talking about something deeper than that. Have you ever been given a gift in this world? Someone who loves you. Who loves you when you don't deserve it. Who loves you deeply and suffers with your mess. Have you had someone in your life like that? And then you frivol it away. You take it for granted. Have you ever had opportunity in your life, a gift that God has given you and you waste it? Mired in self-pity or guilt, mired in your own mess, and you throw it away. Do you know the regret that follows moments like that? when we destroy the gifts that have come into our life. Some of you know that regret full well. And for those of you who don't, I promise you, in this lifetime, it will come your way. How much more then, when God sends his only son and we frivol him away, we throw them away. You take them for granted. You turn the other way. You keep him safely at arm's length. You keep him out of your heart. You, with the help of wicked men, did nothing short but nail the very Son of God to a cross. And I know what some of you are probably thinking, I wasn't there, I didn't do anything. I didn't nail some guy up on a cross, but you did. Because it's not like when Jesus came, he didn't know what he was getting himself into. You know, it's not like he came and went, oh man, this, this took a left turn, shoot. <laughs> Guys, in his planning, God sent him for you. He sent him for you. Because I tell you, God is coming on the last day and all of us here will stand before him. All of us will stand before him and give an account before the living God for every gift, for every opportunity that we wasted and destroyed and frivoled away. That stinks to hear, but you know what? There's no getting around it. That day is coming, but God sent his son. And with the help of wicked men, we nailed him up. Because he died for you. You may not have swung the hammer. You may not have thrown the whip. You may not have pushed the crown of thorns on his head or spat in his face or mocked him that day when he was crucified, but maybe we've just been doing it every day since. For everything Jesus has had to die for, for you and for me. He died that day. but it couldn't keep him down. Because God raised him from the dead and did not leave him to suffer 
and the agony of defeat because it is impossible for death to keep a hold on the living son of God. This is what David wrote about when he says, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken because when God's by your side, all fear pales in comparison, doesn't it? Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Now, I'm here to tell you today, David is dead and buried. He's a pile of dust and bone in some unmarked grave. So he's obviously not writing about himself. And if he is, he's flat wrong. But the prophet David looked ahead and knew the promise of God to him, that one would come from his line that would restore everything. And David dared to believe that God is faithful. He looked ahead knowing that one would come from his line who would reign, who would not be abandoned to the grave, who would not see decay. And Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And more than that, God has exalted him to the highest place. He writes later, Yahweh said to me, to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Sit at my right hand, God said to Jesus, who you strung up until I make your enemies a footstool under your feet. Now, straight up with me on this. What do you do when you abuse someone? Pick on someone, bully someone, take advantage of someone, hurt someone. And then you turn around and find out that they have authority over you. What do you do? What do you do when you dismiss someone and find out they are now in a position of power over you? How much more? with the Son of God that we have strung on a cross who died for us and now sits in authority over all people. This Jesus whom we killed is now Lord and Christ. How's that sit with you? See, on that day of Pentecost, that's what Peter said to those people. And the question everyone has to ask 
Do I believe it? And do I care? If you don't believe it, there's nothing more I can say here today. Or if you don't dare to take a step out, there's nothing more I can say here today. We leave it to the future then. We leave it to the future, the great unknown that all of us has to face to see how the chips are going to fall. When some of us will be relieved and some of us will be surprised. And if you believe it, do you care? And what are you going to do about it today? If you believe it, do you care? You know, I think about that, that passage of Acts chapter 2 and how it said the people gathered in bewilderment and wonder trying to make sense of what God was up to that day. And when they heard this simple line, you killed God's son. You threw away God's gift. You squandered it. You killed God's son. But now he's raised in a position of authority over the world here today. It says the people were cut to the heart. Some dismissed him as a bunch of drunks. A bunch of people living a fantasy story or hopped up on their own delusions. But there were some there today, that day, that believed it. And they cared. And they cried out to Peter, what, what do we do? What do we do? Because I don't want to stand before God someday having to give account for killing his own son. I don't want to stand before God someday having to tell him, I threw it all away. They were cut to the heart and said, what do we do? Have you ever been cut to the heart? Have you ever found yourself in that place where the realization hit you and gripped you and it was like nothing short of getting pierced or shot through the heart. The fear, the guilt, the despair, the question, what do I do? How can I ever be right with God again? Here's what Peter had to say to him that day. Repent. You know what that means? It means turn to God. 
Don't run from him. Don't hide from him. You can't. Turn to him. Turn to God. Turn to the one who you even might dread and fear. Turn to him with confession. Turn to him with admittance of guilt and be baptized, be born again. Turn to him and let him wash you clean. Every one of you. Not some of you. Not those of you. Not the ones who, who, who come from the right place. Not the ones who are connected. In the, all of you, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And in that, God will wash you, clean you, accept you, and welcome you again. And more than that, you'll get something on top of it. That same Holy Spirit that the prophet Joel talked about so long ago, that same Holy Spirit that was poured out 2,000 years ago on the disciples, the same Holy Spirit that is alive and moving in people still. You will receive it. And if God is faithful, then that is true. And no matter who you are, God will keep his word to you. There are some of you here who have never done this. You've been running from God or resisting him or searching your life and never finding, and you've never come to that place of turning to him. Coming to Jesus to realize it's him. Turning to him and saying, I'm sorry. And being baptized. There were some like that back then. And it says they were baptized that day. If as a church were to be anything more than theory or a good idea, and I'm speaking to you, come and get baptized today. Don't delay, don't wait, and don't care what other people think. Make it more than a story, but a reality. This day, and there's some of you here who need to get right with God again. You've been in a relationship, maybe you're in relationships still, but you're resisting, you're fighting them, you're on the outs. Repent, renew, today is your day. If the promises are reality, don't delay, come up here. Confess it. Get marked with water again to remember the way he chose you in water some other day. And there's some of you here who are wondering, questioning, going, what does this mean like they did? Is this for real or is it too much wine going around this place? 
and you need to take a step. Come up here today. I'm going to invite the band to come forward. And as they're coming forward, I want to introduce you to some other people as well. I'm going to invite our elders to come forward as well. The band is going to lead us in a time to cry out to God, let it rain. Pour out your spirit, pour out your love, let it shower down. Our elders are going to be up here. I'm going to be right here. And we're here to pray. We're here to baptize. We're here to renew you in baptism, if that's what it takes today. And that's what we want to invite you into this morning. No one's going to usher you. No one's going to force you. We don't don't get into that kind of thing. If you need to do it, just do it. Just come up when you're ready. But I'll tell you this. Don't delay. Because there's been so many things in my life that God has called me to that for safety's sake I've put on hold and have wasted them away. God invites you into his presence. He invites you into forgiveness. He invites you into his family. He invites you into renewal. He invites you to be clean. He invites you to receive his spirit. Don't waste it away. Let's rise.